These are the first-person singular files. This episode is called Candles. Written and performed by Peter Halpin. another one of those never-ending manic horrors done with for another year? Just two days of cleaning, three bin bags to fill, and about three weeks of constantly finding party leftovers in various forms. Oh, and probably about half a dozen phone calls and emails from parents whose kids have lost one thing or another. No, Kevin's bike isn't here. No, it's definitely not here, Mr Numpty. I assure you I would notice a bike that's not ours. It's not here. I have an orange beanie hat, one rainbow glove, and, bizarrely, a watering can. But no bike. Yes, I'm very sure. I think the first birthday party I remember was when I turned six. I remember the cake that, as far as I was concerned, was an exceptional work of caking genius depicting the FA Cup final. The hallowed Wembley turf immaculate, the players all so lifelike. There were some nice finishing touches. Candles for floodlights. Me and all my friends, probably only three or four of whom were actually friends, the others making up the numbers, and some neighbours' kids my parents thought should be there to get me invited to their parties to get shot of me for a few hours on a Saturday afternoon. We all wowed at this pile of fluorescently coated dry sponge. My mum photographing it, but probably only to laugh at it with her friends over some iced Campari or whatever she drank back then, two weeks later after getting the photos developed. It's amazing. We now know, as adults, that we don't need to make things perfect or exceptional for them because four- and five-year-olds haven't yet been peer-pressured into caring about keeping up with the proverbial Joneses. They'll enjoy anything if it's, well, enjoyable. Yet we still work ourselves to the marrow in our bones to make their birthday parties flawless for every single second of the day. From the time the first child arrives looking impossible to maintain pristine, to when the I'm so sorry I'm late, parent hurries in and scrapes their child away from the birthday kid's new present and disappears out of sight at the end of the road. All the time in between is like one of those old-school TV show pranks where an unsuspecting member of the public is fooled into believing they're left to look after a real building site. The foreman would disappear off-site and everything would immediately start collapsing around them. Instant chaos, with catastrophe and carnage to present on the foreman's return and attempt to protest their innocence. Well, it's sort of like that anyway. So, I'd had a last-minute clear-up, hiding away what is the standard everyday debris here, disguising the house as a show home. As if any home with children in it is ever anything close to tidy, let alone looking untouched and sterilised. I'd taken a ropey old cardboard box, loosely retaining its cuboid shape by lengths of duct tape, 
containing clothes of mine from bygone years that were sat at the bottom of the stairs, and I'd hidden it away, out of sight. Or so I thought. But some kid who I've never heard of or seen before uncovered it like he was on a police raid for narcotics. Quite why he went straight through to the utility room and rummaged around down the side of the tumble dryer within twenty seconds of arriving, I have no idea. But of course he did. And he then shouted through the whole house, Why you got a wee-wee trousers? I called back through, as if the embarrassment detective inspector would care. They're mustard yellow, just a bit faded. Can you put them back, please? Instead, they got taken out into the garden, and my son, the birthday boy, walked around in them, his feet at the knees, hauling them through the mud and over the patio. Somehow, I don't think the Sioux Rider shop will take them now. They're probably more likely to be a bit more wee-wee coloured as well. He had about nine cups of juice inside an hour and a half. That was from the dozen or so that I poured him. Those paper tablecloths are pointless. It just slows the inevitable waterfall reaching the table edge. And when they all end the eating process, in some weirdly unrehearsed but perfectly synchronised evacuation, you've got to go through a routine of what is like horizontal wallpaper peeling, only with the additions of obligatory discarded salad items, crusts and cocktail sticks, the latter of which you are guaranteed to stab into your own palms as you screw up the entire tablecloth in one go. You know, I don't really mind if he never remembers a moment of today. I took a few photos, of course, and no doubt I'll crop up on Facebook in photos taken by other parents, who felt it necessary to all huddle in the hallway photographically documenting little Suki wearing a cowboy hat and darling Ricky with carrot on his jumper <laughs> and Misha having won a bouncy ball in past the parcel. They all won a bouncy flipping ball. The neighbours have three of them already. I only noticed a minute ago all the lumps of dried mud the parental paparazzi gifted me. But, besides those pictures as reminders, I'd like this to just be another day we made his childhood fun and free. I'd like to think we give him a great time and opportunities to remember things in years to come every day. OK, probably not every day, let's be realistic, but not just once a year. Or twice a year, if you count the annual winter tradition of hemming a fir tree into the corner of the living room by a barricade of overpriced parcels. Christmas I'd love him to say, I don't really remember my birthdays because every day was like a party when I was a kid. Most likely, though, he'll say, I don't remember much about my fifth birthday other than when someone found a pair of your trousers you'd weed yourself in and he'll never allow me to convince him otherwise. Five, eh? Amazing how time passes. It feels like we've had him eleven years, and yet he's only five. Maybe it's because we've got eleven years' worth of memories from just those five. Or he really is eleven, and I've been exceptionally neglectful. Right. 
I'm going to have a sneaky whiskey before tackling the almighty mess. That's not a nickname for my son, although it probably should be. It was tempting to have all the party food leftovers for my dinner, but you can never be completely sure what's been sucked on and put back, or sneezed over in a fashion akin to a jet wash. So I've got a babysitter coming in about an hour, then I'll be popping down to the local, sipping on a few glasses of stout and pairing them with something off the bar menu. It's an all right kind of place, the Fox and Hounds. A proper old haunt that some say really is haunted. The only paranormal activity I've witnessed there is every so often the bar staff mysteriously disappear. The little back bar is generally where I put myself. It's friendly, cosy, warm and no kids. It's got pretty low lighting with lots of lovely little old lanterns lining the walls. Some people aren't keen on them but I think they're the icing on the cake. Candles for floodlights. Candles Written and performed by Peter Halpin <laughs>